internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. Oh, man. Okay. And you're, Wait, listening, and, and you're listening to Schmanners. His extraordinary etiquette. Extraordinary occasions to love it up. Hello, dear. I almost said... <laughs> Maybe and our I'm your hu- too long. Oh, I almost said, and I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. Again. <laughs> again. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. A lot of... This is like my ninth podcast of the week. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. And I'm, It's a lot. I, it's yeah. okay. Woo, boy. Holiday season. Full swing. Well, not really. Our interior in a house, Christmas decorations. We're recording this on what? The 1st? December 1st. Yes. Interior. Christmas. Exterior? Uh, Still fall. Dregs of fall, I would say. Uh, uh, remains of, of the day. Well, the we I finally scooped up the rotten pumpkins from our porch to put those now, in the trash can. For context, <laughs> they were rotten before Halloween. <laughs> it was our first time because Teresa can't stand pumpkin guts. It's grossed right. out by them. So we have almost, we've exclusively, uh, in our time together, done fake pumpkins. Get the, like, carvable fake pumpkins. Right. The foam so, core where right. we can do and, that. And the best part about those, reuse them, right? Yep. Year over year, just keep increasing your thing. But both BB and Dot were old enough this year. I was like, I would like them to experience this. And they had asked to experience This wasn't me, like, deal with my preclusions. This was, like, them being like, we want to carve pumpkins. I was like, okay, great. So it got them almost instantly. They're like, well, I don't want to scoop that. That's gross. <laughs> it's gross. So I was left doing it by hand. <laughs> Myself, both pumpkins, as they watched on going, ew. And then uh, Teresa helped Dottie carve her pumpkin. I helped uh, BB carve her pumpkin. And I think I'm out of practice enough that I forgot like the span of time you really have of just like you should carve a pumpkin like the 25th. Yeah. But we were going to be out of town because I, I went and did D&D in a castle. So like we carved them on like the 12th or something. Oh, not a long shelf life. Anyway, that's the holiday that we're not talking we're about. We're not right talking now. about that holiday. We're talking about <laughs> Christmas. Uh, or the the this holiday, the winter holiday season. Um, what we are talking about specifically, as far as decorations goes, is the miniature village decoration. Okay, so as we were talking about this episode leading up to mm-hmm. that second, yes, the word miniature had not been included, and I assumed we were going to talk about like you know a Christmas village in like Norway. Oh, it's like go visit Santa, no. which by the way, I'm dying to do. Go to Lapland. Yeah, That'd be great. one of those. I mean, there are some that are like year round. Uh, and they also have rides. Um, but something like that, I think. There's a Christmas train you can take in, uh, uh, it's in Ohio. I remember doing it as a Girl Scout. And you end up at this, I mean, it's basically a barn that they've decorated for Christmas. And then there's a Santa there. But it's not year-round, I no, assume. Okay. No, no, no. It's, it's a Christmas train. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Christmas. I like trains. I love the idea. Uh, anyway, okay, we're talking about miniature Christmas miniature, villages, which are actually often called puts, Christmas puts. Okay, because you puts it on the mantle. <laughs> sure, that's a great way to okay. remember. Um, and and I'll tell you about the etymology of that. Um, but the etymology. <laughs> people go bananas for these mini villages. Yeah. Um, a quick search on eBay alone for vintage Christmas village will net you about 36,000 results. Okay. That's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. Um, so during holiday season, these uh, 
like massive model villages complete with trains these days most of the time show up in convention centers and museums and zoos. Actually, the one that we have at the Museum Center here in Cincinnati is not technically a Christmas village because it's all year round. They always have the Cincinnati model with the train, but they do, I believe, decorate it for Christmas. Now, they have also done a like Christmas room Yes. Where there's like Santa and there's, and I think that they did a Christmas village specifically in there one year. Yes. They did a child sized Christmas village. Sure. I think. Anyway. Now, here's the thing. So, growing up, I, as I discussed on the last episode about my mm-hmm. mom's mm-hmm. aesthetic, our Christmas village was wooden, painted, two dimensional. Okay. Like, you know, house-shaped, building-shaped things. Mm. And in Huntington, where I did my growing up, there was a company that made them, I think they were called like Black Cat or something, but they made them of the buildings in Huntington. So we had like little buildings of Huntington. Each one had like a little Black Cat painted on it in place. It was cute. Um, But as far as I remember, the two things my mom collected as far as like a Christmas collection goes. Santa's. Yeah, my mom too. All shapes and sizes, carved, wooden, stuffed, tall, short, whatever. Pictures of Santa? Nutcrackers of Santa. No, we didn't have pictures of Nutcrackers. They were always like Santa action figures. <laughs> uh, yeah, my mom too. And and these little wooden things. Now your mom yes. has like the full blown like three-dimensional lights inside the building. There's a like mirrored skating rink. Thing. Yes. She does the Dickens Village uh, from Department 56, which are small ceramic houses mm-hmm. that have a hole in the back for light bulbs. And then she does like the whole, there are some like little trees and she does like a little skating pond. And she does a lot of those things. Um, I remember... It almost always being in our front room, which was the the receiving for company the sitting, room. The fancy the, room. The, the sitting fancy room. We had one of those. Uh, in the bookshelf that during the rest of the year held a couple of like wooden ship replicas. Some some knickknacks. And some, some knickknacks and such. Um, and it got to the point where we would not leave it alone. So <laughs> my dad screwed in. in a, I'm going to say... Classic dab maneuver. Plastic, like plexiglass over the front, right? Uh Now, would you (laughs) say that that this was museum quality display? (laughs) No. No. Uh, So uh, during most of the year, the plexiglass was not on. And then uh, my mom would set up the village and then they would put the plexiglass on Mm -hmm. so that us children couldn't go and play with it. Yes. And if I remember correctly, it looked like he said, oh, fine. And went and did it (laughs) in about 10 minutes. No offense, Mike. It it is safely adhered. Sure. Um, it's a little rough and ready, but it's only up for like a month, so it's fine. Can I tell you my favorite version of these Christmas puts, as you say? What? Is the incredibly like branded commercial where it's just like a little ceramic Walmart, a little ceramic Home Depot. Oh, a yeah. Cer- I would build a whole village out of that. Just out the of- only way that I would build one of these Christmas villages is if it was Muppet Christmas Carol themed. That's fair. It ha- And I have been looking since we, we did this topic. I have been looking for an officially licensed one. And I, not not to buy, but just even like a picture of it. Yeah. And I need the internet's help. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. To speak to your dad's plexiglass uh, solution, 
It is interesting to be like, here is a set of things that is basically toys. It's adult, it's adult dollhouses. It's little dollhouses with little doll people on little doll skating rinks. Don't touch it. <laughs> yeah. And like, there is absolutely no way we could keep, we had a little box of little st- foam gourds. And after <laughs> one month with our two-year-old, they all had bite marks in them. There's no way that our ceramic little village would survive. It's it's true. It, it would look like there should be a Sarah McLaughlin song playing underneath it. As we tell people for pennies a day, you can save these houses. Did you ever have a toy train around your tree? No. That, Too breakable. Those are often part of this sort of display as well. People have like little train stations and little trains. No, I remember for a long time in my household, be it from cats, dog, or mm-hmm. us, that there was just no decorations on the bottom two feet of the tree. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a thing I remember. I think that our first, the Christmases with the girls who were, when they were super young, I think we had a tree in the basement for BB that had all plastic ornaments. Yeah, so that she could touch. So she could touch and go do whatever she wanted, right? Um, and then when the tree moved up to the living room, I put a fence around it. <laughs> well, what we did, it's absolutely brilliant, saved some boxes over time, gift wrapped them, and then ran, I think it was uh, it was just, like a luggage strap, you know, yeah. like a ratchet strap through it to make it into a circle so it looked like presents. But was impenetrable. Yes. And that's because we have two dogs, a cat, uh, two children, and I'm clumsy. <laughs> but this year we don't. We don't have no. any any uh, impediment to the tree. So, And I don't understand the mentality of this, but both our children, as soon as the tree went up, both our kids were like said out loud, I'd like to climb underneath it. Yes. And it's like, there's nothing happening down there. There's nothing <laughs> to see. There's nothing to do. The only thing is you're going to get scraped by these fake branches and stuff. And, and knock yet, things off. But both of them were like, you know what? Now that I see it up, you know what needs to happen? I got to slide underneath it. I don't know why. We did wire it to the wall. Yeah. So uh, even if a child did get underneath the tree, it would not fall. Okay. Because it's wired to the wall. Enough about how great and funny our lives are. Like a like an episode of Family Circus. Tell me about <laughs> Christmas Pootses. Okay. So they actually go back to a much uh a much larger Christmas practice. Because not in everybody ancient does. Ancient Egypt. No, oh, okay. Christmas practice. They didn't do Christmas in ancient Egypt? No, honey. No. I bet they didn't call it that. Nativity scenes. Oh sure, okay. Yeah. So There's a there's a Catholic name for them. What do they call it? Crash. Crash. Yeah. Yeah. That's also my favorite Dave Matthews band song. <laughs> uh the that Christian tradition can go back goes all the way back to the thirteenth century when Saint Francis of Assisi held the first living natil- nativity scene in Italy. Um, I mean, of course you don't always want live animals, right? You can't put live animals in your home. I mean, I suppose in the 13th century, maybe you did. I don't know. I mean, we have live animals in our home. I just don't think we could get the dogs and cats to sit (laughs) still. still. You're donkey. Act like a donkey. Well, Lily already does. Sometimes. Um, And so right after that, um, displays appeared in Prague um, and like it, it spread, it spread across the world. People loved it. Live animals, big nativity. There's another thing. My mom had a beautiful ceramic nativity um, that was quite large as far as nativities go. But in classic, I would say Justin Griffin fashion, 
uh, over the course of every Christmas season, we would slowly swap it out with different toys that we had. Mm. There was another one. My mom had carved wooden blocks that read Noel in like very scripty language. Um, and so we would remove the N and like take the L and turn it upside down and it looked like Joe. And we would do that and see how long before she noticed. And then she'd be like, I, and then she'd swap it back. <laughs> and we'd be like, ah, 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 that went a little longer this time. That happened a lot. We oh, did a lot of Joe man. stuff. My you mom guys. had the blocks that spelled out stuff. And in our, uh, in that receiving room, living room window, she would write out stuff. And then we would see how many different like anagrams we could make out of it that spelled different things. Always, we, oh, you were born pranksters. You were you were born doing the goof 'em ups. Yeah, but we never advanced to any kind of like threatening <laughs> bad boy behavior. I think we just kept rearranging letter blocks well into our adulthood. Even uh, <laughs> now, I did, if, if I could combine two words, I do it. Don't don't get me started. Um. So, uh, by the 1700s, um, if you had money to spend on little things, you had a nativity scene. With little figurines, right? And I bet it was, that was a, it was everywhere, especially a time where we're talking about people who are like, re, like hand carving was still the thing, certainly, and like hand casting a metal and glass, all that was still done pretty by hand and laboriously. So it had to be like collector's item. Like if you had one, right? It's not like you drove down to the Walmart and bought a nativity scene. Like you commissioned someone to make it, mm-hmm. or you bought it from somebody who had like hand created it, right? Or they were passed down. Right. Um, oh yeah, like silver or tea set or something. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and nowhere was this more like entrenched in tradition than Germany. Sure. Um, and they love Christmas there. They love Christmas there. And uh, in fact, the the word puts is derived from the German word putzen, which means to clean or to decorate. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait to find out where you're going to say I'm on pins and needles. But first, a word from another Max Fun show. You probably already have a favorite animal. Maybe it's a powerful apex predator like the tiger or a cute and cuddly panda. And those are great. But have you considered something a little more unconventional? Could I perhaps interest you in the Greenland shark, which can live for nearly 400 years? Or maybe the jewel wasp, who performs brain surgery on cockroaches to control their minds? On Just the Zoo of Us, we review animals by giving them ratings out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Listen with friends and family of all ages to find your new favorite animal with Just the Zoo of Us on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Okay, what were you about to say, babe? Drop that knowledge bomb on me. Well, so by the 18th century, many Germans of a very particular uh, Protestant denomination okay. had moved and brought this, uh, brought the puts with them. Um, there were settlements in Salem, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Well, um, right there. I mean, uh, it's right uh, there uh, in the name, uh, right? It's Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. You know they're big on crushes. And so uh, normally these were nativity scenes or Noah's Ark sets or things like that. But very quickly they began to incorporate like the village that they lived in, just oh, yeah. like they did in Huntington. Yeah. Right? Everybody loves recognizing things. Everybody loves me. I'm like, I don't know, a building. It feels good. And anyone who pretends like it doesn't <laughs> is lying to themselves and to everyone around them. They're hurting the people they love. 
They were so popular that families would throw puts parties where they'd compete for best in show against their neighbor's displays, right? Which seems adorable to me. Uh, well, it depends on what the prize was and what the punishment for losing is. Maybe oh, it wasn't probably adorable. for pride, not prize. Oh, gross. No money, no like moon no. shoes or something. Just I bragging want a, rights. I baby. want a trip to space camp. In the late 19th and early 20th centuries, train sets began to be incorporated, oh, yeah. especially as the railroad made its way across the West. We were wild for that thing, yeah. Um, and so, of course, they started working their way into Christmas miniatures. And by the time we get to the 20th century, American department stores had hopped on the trend. Oh, yeah. So there were window displays downtown, right? I think that's the second time, because we talked about it with like the electric lights and stuff yeah. last time, mm-hmm. that I think one of the things that I do uh, miss uh, from my wayward youth. If I So here's the thing. I'm about to say a thing. I don't remember if this was even a thing in my youth or if it's a thing that was in movies that I watched in my youth that was before my... Anyways, but like big uh, displays in like store windows and stuff yeah. and being like, we're going to go downtown and it's like part of the experience of just like, oh, look what's at the shop. Once again, that might just be we from Christmas We might be too story. old for, like too late for that. Too we young? might not have been born yet. Well, time is a flat circle. I don't remember <laughs> what year I was born, let alone what year they stopped doing displays. Uh, F.W. Woolworth, the father of the dime store, um, is also a large reason why Christmas miniatures are so popular. He traveled extensively throughout Victorian Europe and brought German cardboard puts houses back with him uh, to sell to the American marketplace, right? Um, And after all, at this time period, Americans were already in love with imported German toys and glass ornaments. So, like, of course, they were going to love these things. And then, and then World War. Yeah, I was gonna say one happened. Early, early 1900s loved Germany. Yes. Then, then bleh. the wars. <laughs> um, so then Woolworths uh, courts corrected and worked with Japanese manufacturers during the time to produce new Christmas scenes. And soon, these Japanese-made cardboard houses could be found at every five and dime and mail-order catalog. And they were extra cool because these were the first ones designed with the holes in the back for the Christmas lights. Now, I have to imagine that the Japanese manufacturers, there was a hiccup with that around about World War II. World War II. Okay. (laughs) I'm not an expert in history, but I do know some things. Um, And so... It kind of died off, right? At least purchasing new ones, right? Um, Until the 1970s, where it was revived again by a florist. Um, In 1976, Bachman's, which is a retail florist in Minneapolis, launched Department 56, which is where my mom's Dickin Village comes from. Um, And so instead of the more delicate cardboard houses, these were now made of ceramic uh, still delicate, but more robust. Uh, I mean, for, yeah. yeah. I mean, at least they were robust enough that um, they were something that could be passed down through multiple generations right. and probably not need as many repairs sure. or replacements or things like that, right? Um, and it's it's not a publicly traded company anymore, so we can't find their exact sales figures, but from 1996... They uh, raked in at least $156 million in profit. That's a lot of houses. Well, tiny houses. Tiny houses. Um, And in 2017, they were ranked as the number two Christmas gift for the past 100 years. What was number one? Chocolate? Probably. Uh. Socks? 
Hmm. I don't know. I guess it depends on how you're ranking it. Foods? Well, you can't just say foods. That's a huge. That's a huge like uh, category. It's got to be something specific. Number one is Tinker Toys. <laughs> okay, okay. I wasn't looking for number one. I was looking for Christmas films. You always got to have your eyes on number one, babe. If you don't have your eyes on number one, you're last. What? What? And then uh, it had a resurgence during the Panini the last couple of years because if you couldn't go to Grandma's house, at least you, you could, could look at a tiny version look at of a Grandma's tiny house version of Grandma's with house. a tiny grandma inside that you kept captive. <laughs> so if you're interested in getting into this hobby, there are dozens of clubs and groups and gatherings online in person in your in your city my city in everybody's city uh for christmas village enthusiasts to give advice and swap ideas and show off their newest stuff um people make their own now uh there are kits that you can buy to make your own little houses you can make them out of gingerbread of course that won't last as long just like there's a model train community there's a christmas village community I'm trying to think now because you said uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. I'm trying to right. think now if I could have like my dream version of it, what would it be? Um, well, while you're thinking of that, how about I go over some etiquette if yes. you are to visit a Christmas village? Um, obviously, there are personal ones that, you know, maybe your neighbors would invite you to come over to see. But like we said at the beginning, a lot of museums and community centers and craft fairs and things like that will put on their own display. So obviously, look with your eyes, not with your hands, right? Um, and a lot of places in like commercial like venues, they actually have like a hands-on area for children, which I think is chef's kiss. Um, because the whole time, don't touch, don't touch, don't touch, gets really hard on me mm-hmm. as, as mom. Uh, and so having a, like a specific little like like wooden train section or something that children can play with is amazing. Um, if there are barriers, like glass barriers, don't don't put your nose up to it. Obviously, that is... Don't do that to the plexiglass in Teresa's parents' <laughs> house either. Parents house. Uh, they got to get the Windex out. And unhygienic, and then it ruins the display for everyone else, right? Because they can't see through your nose goop. Okay, I think I'd like a Disney World. Okay. I'd like to be able to like recreate, you know, like Epcot or something mm-hmm. with it. Uh, or... Uh, one of my own house, but then look in the window. What's that in there? It's a tinier version of my house inside my house where that one is. What's that in that tiny one? <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, it keeps going. How how tiny are we talking? Like down to the quantum verse. Oh, okay. This episode is sponsored by Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't take pictures. Um, unless, you know, specifically told, right? Because these are artwork displays, most likely. Um, and some of them are, are very old. So it may not be good for their paint or, I mean, and it may not be what the artist intended, right? To take take pictures of that. Um, no shouting, pushing, or rough, rough housing. I mean, that's, that's, more, that's for the kids, right? That's 101. Uh, we want to make sure that these Christmas villages make it to next year um, in that same way. Make sure children are supervised because if you have to pay for one of these Department 56 models, it can cost you up to 200 bucks. Really? Well, yeah, single house, up to 200 bucks. That's almost as much as a real house. No, it's not. No? Okay. No, it's not. Don't lean on the tables, right? Because they could come. Don't flip the table down. over. Don't flip the table over. Um, 
don't try to crawl inside one of the tiny houses and say, it is my house now, squatters, right? <laughs> and here's something that you may not have thought of. Coats. You need to either keep your coat on or coat check because... Um, something that often happens is people wear bulky coats during the winter. They take them off and they uh, hold them over their arm, which is a great way to not really know how you are brushing up against things, yeah. right? Um, so take great care with your coat. Either keep it on or coat check it somewhere else. Um, and if you really like something that you see, Make sure to tell everyone about it. Get everybody in on this. This is going to be great. You mean people outside, like, hey, yeah. everybody come look. Not like, everybody, everybody around me. <laughs> look at this house. No. Strangers. Strangers. Gather around. <laughs> Blow it up on your social meds. These are great things to share with other people and, you know, always credit the artist. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Thank you to Rachel, our editor, without whom we would not be able to make this show. Thank you to Alex, our researcher, without whom we would not be able to make this show. Thank you to you for listening. We can make the show without you, but why? You didn't do that last week, and I, know. I, I missed it, and I'm glad it's back. That's why I brought it back. Um, make sure you check out, uh, let's see, macromerch.com for all the great merch we've got. Uh, Candle Nights merch. There's so much Candle Nights merch, and 10% of all pre-sleeves this month go to Benefit Harmony House in our hometown. Speaking of which, Candle Nights special is December 17th. Uh, get your tickets now. I'm trying to think what day. Yeah. This will go out before then. Certainly. Uh, tickets certainly are on sale will. now. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff in there. I think this is going to be our best one yet. We did some great goof em ups. Some great goof em ups in there, folks. Uh, get those tickets bit.ly slash candle nights 2022. That's candle nights 2022. All proceeds from that also go to Harmony House in our hometown of Huntington, West Virginia. Plus, it's going to be fun. Video on demand is available through January 2nd. Uh, let's see. What else, honey? We always thank Brent, Brentel Floss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Bruja Betty Pennant Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and follow that group today. Also, um, we are always taking submissions for topics and idioms, um, and you can submit those to schmannerscast at gmail.com and say hi to Alex because she reads everyone. And that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Schmanners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.